Vet bills can be expensive, but Spot Pet Insurance can give you up to 90% cash back on vet bills, so you can worry less about high vet bills. Yep, up to 90% cash back on vet bills for unexpected accidents, illness, and even routine care. And with Spot Pet Insurance plans, you can go to any vet you want in the U.S. or Canada. There's no network you need to stick to, so visit your favorite vet and you can save money on expensive vet bills. That's Spot Pet Insurance. It's no wonder Spot is America's favorite pet insurance. Visit SpotPet.com for a free quote today. For all terms, visit SpotPetIns.com sample-policy. Spot Pet Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produce Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. This is an independent ad from Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. You will drive yeah. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And this is a line from the song White Dress. Down at the Minute Music Business Conference. Down in Orlando, I was only 19. I'm sorry, tell me that Down in the Men in the Music Business Conference is not going to be a challenge in like five minutes. Like, come on. Down in the Men in the Music Business Conference. Down in the Men in Music Business Conference. Down in the Men in Music Business Conference. It sounds, it sounds too much like Metamucil. Wait, what? Down at the Metamucil Business Conference. <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me every time the I hear Metamucil. It. Down at the Metamucil Business Conference. Down in Orlando. Down at the Men in Music Business Conference. Down in Orlando, I was only 19. Down at the Men in Music Business Conference. You know, Viola Davis gave the keynote at the Men in Music Business Conference. She did. It was it the was digital. one that Lana she was there in. at. Yeah, right. But Lana was there too. She was just she was just there. She wasn't she was invited. Lana Del Rey, problematic them, skirts on the on the who line frequently, <sighs> dates who's, loves who's. Obsessed with their album, can't help it, love it, fantastic. And she's a TikTok them right now. Well, (laughs) you can look at the news, irrefutable news that Lana Del Rey is releasing a new album and it's called Chemtrails Over the Country Club. You can think with a lot of certainty, there will be a Chemtrails Over the Country Club meme on TikTok in the very near future. But like part of the fun is that you will never know what will hit. When I heard this song, I said, now this is something different. <laughs> well, this is something different, but like, and even though I may have raised an eyebrow at Down at the Minute Music Business, Business Conference, Conference, I I was probably like, that's interesting, but like, I never would have expected it to hit the way it hit. And now every time I see it, I'm like, of course, this is the funniest thing on the album. This is, yeah. this is iconic. It's instantly Yeah, and you're iconic. sending all your friends voice notes and you're saying, Down at the Minute Music Business Conference. Sorry. It's Down just- at the Minute Music Business Conference. <laughs> I'm looking at the lines on our Hindenburg record and it's like, like <laughs> Hindenburg is breaking. So the Men in Music Business Conference, who? Lana Del Rey then. <laughs> you are listening to Who's There, a weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. Let's start with some comments. Ben Mascolo has a tattoo that says Ed X. And I just read that it's actually Ed Sheeran's handwriting in a Sharpie that he then went to the tattoo parlor and got traced over. He's a true head. Um, True head for Ed. Read it in Us Weekly. I'm sure you guys read it too, but I just didn't know if it was for sure that he has a tattoo because this Us Weekly. Oh, no, it's E! Online. E online, they didn't show the photo, but if you go on his Instagram, it's clear as day in the engagement picture where he holds the pear-shaped diamond in Bella, Bella Thorne's head, uh, hand. Um, good form, Bella Thorne. His favorite artist, according to E online, yes, is Ed Sheeran. True heads for Ed. And he has Ed on his arm. And as the caller said, you can look at the photo and there. It is Ed X right on his Jeez. right arm. Jeez. Jeez. 
Ed. Wow, that's an unexpected twist, but sure. We got a couple other calls. They're really, they're really long. No offense to the callers. Um, we just have a lot of calls to get through. We had a caller familiar with Italy saying, "You know what? He's really not that famous. Like you kind of overstated his fame." We had another caller who didn't from there who actually just had more to say who didn't discount that. So it seems like, based on the fact that there were two different calls, he is a who. Because it could skew either way. Like, he's not a definitive them, I think, is the the message I got from those two dueling calls. Yeah, I don't know if we ever called him a them in Italy. We did I would never be so confident. I just called him an Italy, Italian pop star. Because I think we called was, him a, a big star. And then I was star. listening to his music, the clip I put in the episode. I was like, this is good. It's good. It's good. If you could have any artist's signature tattooed on you, who would it be? <laughs> Why Lindsay would I have to question. do this? Because it's a thought experiment. I we, tattooed on me anyone's yeah. signature yeah. um like I, this is a terror I don't know who would you have B Arthur oh okay it could be funny yeah like I'm trying to do one that's like funny not meaningful like I don't really mm-hmm. want even the people I likes yeah. um what if I put down in the men in music business conference had, like on me? <laughs> down in the men in music want... business conference. <laughs> Lana yeah. Ray tattoos, I guess, is really not, you know, we're not really doing that anymore. Yeah. Slash, I don't have any, so it's okay. I'm yeah. okay with that. If I'm going to get a signature on me by a celeb, I would want it to be like funny, somebody who is so funny A-list, like Julia Roberts. Like, what if I just had Julia <laughs> Roberts tattoo? You know what I mean? Like, it would be, that'd, yeah. be even, that'd be funnier than someone I even liked. Viola Davis on my chest. Right. Like, the less niche, the better, I would say, would be for the 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 funny factor of that. When you're right, you're right, Lindsay. <laughs> Sorry, it took me a while to get there. It took me a while to get there. Julia I like, Roberts. I, <laughs> I just want the stupidest one, you know? Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> it's Jennifer Lawrence. And also, like, I wouldn't be able to get the real signature, so it'd have mm-hmm. to be some sort of weird eBay where, like, it's a fake signature that I got or, like, some sort of scan of something that they did sign before. Mm-hmm. Depressing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember when Stephen got me that uh, autograph of Mary Steenburgen for my birthday one year on a note yeah. card? And he uh-huh. was like, it's not verified. It's unclear if it's real or not. And I was like, oh, I was like, that doesn't really mean anything to me. I lost it. I lost That's it in my so last minute. I know. Sorry, Stephen. Um, I'm going to get a text like, you lost the Mary Steen version. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We've we've all gotten each other some weird gifts over the years. I would say with a, there are a lot of, there's a lot of weird what'd you do gifts. What did you do with the last one I got you, Lindsay? Is it up on your wall yet? <laughs> Is it? Is it up on your wall yet? You didn't technically give that to me specifically. It literally was a white elephant gift exchange oh. and I got the gift that you had chosen. Okay. Hi, Weekly. Long time, long time. I'm just calling because you just talked about Shamar Moore, and you did not make one single mention of Baby Girl Nation, which is what he calls his fans. And I'm just, why? Like, and also, it stems from Criminal Minds because him and Penelope Garcia, played by Kirsten Vangsness, had a sort of flirtation where he always called her Baby Girl. And now he calls his fans Baby Girl Nation, and he's always dancing for them on his Instagram. So, I don't know. That's just my Shamar Moore news. If you want some Shamar Moore uh, news, then check his Instagram. Me and Grace. Uh, hey, Who Weekly. Um, had to pause the pod because y'all were talking about Shamar Moore. And, I mean, this is this is Gen Z calling. I feel like I was just waiting for her to talk criminal lines, and you did not. Like, I mean, obviously, Shamar Moore, iconic for doing like a bunch of pair movies to me. But I mean, like, I feel like everybody who I know in Gen Z, the first thing I think about was Shamar Moore's Criminal Minds. Like, we're all obsessed with Criminal Minds for no reason. Like, come on. Anyway, crunch, crunch. We're all obsessed with Criminal Minds for, for no reason. And honestly, I'm a little embarrassed because Gossip Cop, like, realized that before we did, I guess. Mm-hmm. I had no idea this was happening. We got every Gen Zer who listens to the podcast either tweeted or called us and said, like, no, we all watch this. We watch this. I can't explain why we watch this, but we watch this. It's on It's on Netflix. I mean, I would say, why do you watch it? It's on Netflix. That's why you watch it. And there's also 15 seasons. There's, like, uh, oh my God. How, many, how many episodes of this show? 323 episodes of this. Shamar Moore <laughs> has been in 252 of them. <laughs> I mean, he's a star. He's a star. 
he calls one of his co-workers whose character's name is Penelope Garcia he calls her baby girl and that's why the fans call themselves baby girl nation because he calls <laughs> the woman he flirts with baby girl Shamar Moore who is he dating baby girl nation it wants to mm-hmm. know everyone wants to know although I worry here's the thing Lindsay what so on Netflix right now if you go to Netflix uh-huh I, I don't to Net- I can go <laughs> to Net. I can go to Netflix and I can type in criminal minds there it is all the episodes are there okay the problem is Lindsay. you know what just launched paramount plus you know what i'm worried about criminal minds is going to go to paramount plus only yeah, and then all the and then what is Gen Z gonna lose do? their criminal minds the well, more like what, subscribe well, to paramount plus more like what is shamar Moore gonna do because once the zoomers like fall out of favor they're gonna stop watching they're not gonna be able to watch criminal minds anymore and he's not gonna be he's his on baby swat girl, baby girl nation is gonna dwindle he's on swat he doesn't. He's fine. They don't care about SWAT. We don't. We've made it clear that we don't know what they care about until they but make I'm it clear what they care about. They care about criminal minds, and it's Shamar Moore needs to watch, watch, watch out. Make sure that Paramount doesn't scoop it up. Um, I have not even completely finished listening to the Cat Dennings and Brenda Song segment, but they're co-stars. They're co-stars on Dollface on Hulu. It's very good. Crunch, crunch. I didn't know this show even existed. I'm sorry. Neither. I was I'm like, sorry. sorry, I forgot about the show Dollface starring Kat Dennings, <sighs> Brenda Song, and you guessed it, Shay Mitchell. I'm so, I just want to extend my deepest Jeez. apologies to the Dollface cast and crew for not knowing your show existed. <laughs> I'm so sorry I didn't know this show existed. God, I have to say though, like if they paid us, we would definitely know they existed. <laughs> I know. If they paid us, oh, we would... Let everyone know that you existed. Honey, we would know you existed. But yeah, okay, so they're friends because of that. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Um, Medium time, first time. I just had to pause the podcast because you were just talking about who the most famous Brenda's were. And the lead into the conversation was Cynthia's death um, in the first Wives Club. And obviously the conversation on famous Brenda's ensued. And I can't believe... That we didn't talk about the Brenda of all Brendas, Brenda as played by that the first wife club, ex-wife of Morty. Crunch, crunch. Hey, Lindsay Bobby, I had to pause the show to call you because Brenda Walsh is the most famous Brenda of all time. Yes, I know she's not a real person, but she is. Love you. I forgot my sign off. Bye. Hey, Lindsay Bobby, I was just listening to the arguing about the most famous Brenda on the last podcast and had to include Brenda Meeks as iconically played by Regina Hall in the scary movies because to this day, even though the last movie was in 2006, I feel like I see a viral tweet every three weeks with like a clip or just an appreciation of this character and to this day, my friends and I still say, Cindy, this is bones to each other. Uh... I, even, I don't care if she's fictional. I think she's the most iconic friend of real or fake. And Regina Hall should have an Oscar. Crunch, crunch. Thanks. So the most famous Brendas are Brenda Song, Brenda from First Wives Club, whose last name is like something kind of not even memorable. Cushman something. It's Brenda Morelli Cushman. Okay. Brenda Walsh. And Brenda Meeks. Those mm-hmm. are the most famous Brendas, f- real and fake. I wasn't a 90210 head. You were, right? I rewatched, rewatched it. it. Yeah. Brenda Meeks is iconic because, as the caller said, Brenda Meeks is all over Twitter. Like, I think if we're doing this objectively, like, Brenda Meeks is the most famous fictional Brenda. I love these calls, by the way, because she truly is everywhere. Like, when's the last time you scrolled your Twitter feed and didn't see Brenda Meeks there? True. Even though Regina Hall has, like, Moved on and could have gotten an Oscar nomination for support the girls and stuff. Like I don't think that she looks back on those with disdain. No, so it's just like, I think she's Regina so Hall. Funny. The best part about her, she has a sense of humor. You remember mm-hmm. her "I Turned 50 video or whatever? Mm-hmm. I'll play it again. <laughs> play it again. I keep, I think about it all the time. Bitches old today. I pass half my life expectancy. A bitch is old today. But I've been told I still got good pussy. Great calls. Thank you for the calls. Let's move on to questions. Hey, Lindsay and Bobby. It's come to my attention that Julianne Huff and Nina Dobrab have created another um, 
celebrity duo wine uh, that they're hawking. And so I know this is like a trend amongst a lot of celebrities, like the Vampire Diaries boys have it. Um, and then like the Breaking Bad guys have a liquor company. And then, you know, George Clooney and um, What's His Face have it. Randy Gerber. So um, can you please rank all of these celebrity wines? Um uh, Slash liquor companies that they have from who to them. Me and Greece, crunch, crunch. Sarjo, yummy pop. This was everywhere. This is one of maybe four topics that we got a billion calls about. One being Shamar Moore, the other being Brenda Song and Kat Dennings, her coworkers. This one, <laughs> and then the next call, which I'm sure you'll be able to guess. Everyone was shook by this. And I think I kind of understand why, because plenty of celebrities start alcohol brands because it's trendy but i think there's something about nina dobrev and julian huff specifically where this seems like truly random and almost like not up their alley they think their friendship is really really fun like they Mm -hmm. just are like our friendship is so fun like how do we like use our friendship or like how do we basically sell our friendship like what are different things that we can do and if they had launched like some sort of like fitness thing or like something with like healthy lifestyle or whatever like activewear whatever I'm sure Julian Huff already has activewear but you know what I mean like some other thing I'd be like oh that makes sense for these two but this you're right like let's get fucked up on wine gals thing is a little bit weird which is why the Cameron Diaz let's get fucked up on wine gals thing was also a little bit weird but her wine was very much branded like clean wine like healthy wine which is again not a thing this is too and like as a, like I drink wine like I'm not I'm not saying this is someone who's like I don't drink alcohol like I have problems with alcohol like there are things about alcohol that I would assume based on the brand that Julianne Huff specifically has sort of telegraphed to all of us that makes me think that she would just resist alcohol in general she talks about how she does drink a little bit even though she grew up Mormon she talks about how like I grew up Mormon I never had alcohol I didn't really start drinking until I met Ryan Seacrest and I just it just feels inauthentic to me whenever someone else is so clean everywhere else this this article in the winespectator.com says their new label fresh vine wine <laughs> follows in the celebrity wellness space marketing path paved in 2000 by Cameron Diaz's Aveline brand and it's just funny to me where it's like we have a lot of celebs doing alcohol brands. We have a lot of duos doing alcohol brands. But the idea of of following the path of like a goop-inspired wine, like even Gwyneth Paltrow is out here not claiming that her alcohol is like healthy. If anything, yeah. she'll make you like a healthy drink with like a, a like clear tequila. But she's not out here being like, my like clean wine, my clean wine, because it's, it is kind right. of like a bullshit thing as we've learned. It bothers me. And like, I'm sure like a, like a scientist is going to call in, but it's like, as someone who drinks alcohol like i've never once had alcohol thinking like this is actually going to be good for my body no i drink it because i enjoy alcohol like and i feel like to say that like anything about this wine is like quote-unquote healthy is like bullshit like not like illegal but like bullshit in a vague sense and i'm just like bugged by it it's like oh there's no sugar we don't use animal products it's vegan oh my god it's so good it's like they basically call it health food <laughs> they they toe the line of calling it health food but that's what i'm <laughs> saying it's like the that's why it's such an out of the box thing for them which mm-hmm. is it's surprising and it's more capitalizing on like their friendship as like we're so fun we're so fun or whatever and like actually we should read we should cosplay the press release of oh them god. talking about their wine because well, it's like crazy it's, it's press releases and it's also so interviews we come out it's press releases and interviews with trades like wine spectator the beat uh vegan news which is a vegan website because there are things the thing that makes it vegan apparently there are like animal byproducts that i think most have to do with like eggs bugs that are used oh, in like eggs. certain processes like either the fermentation or the bottling process and it's like uh-huh. we don't use these weird egg byproduct so it's fully vegan i mean honestly making your wine vegan is the least you could do in this circumstance <laughs> like sure okay great i'm glad that it's vegan do you know what I mean it's wine it shouldn't it, like i right sure okay yeah. uh do you want to be nina or do you want to be julianne i'll be nina okay Julian and I were inspired to create fresh vine wines after noticing the growing number of consumers making healthier choices surrounding wellness and longevity while also searching for a wine that complements their lifestyle choices <laughs> instead of undermining them. We have similar work schedules. <laughs> I love that line. 
That's what I say about Bobby. I'm like, we have similar work schedules, so we're going to create a wine together. Okay. We have similar work schedules, and at the end of the day, we love unwinding with a glass of wine. We always had this dream to venture into the wine industry and create a product that reflected who we are. After meeting with the Fresh Vine wine team, we immediately knew that this was an incredible opportunity to partner, and together we could try and create something that evoked a guilt-free experience. We've always wanted to create a wine company and create a wellness brand that reflects who we are and reflects our values, colon. You can be active and healthy and happy and have a wonderful life and still Uh. indulge in those things. Uh. Having a good time, having a wine that pairs with your healthy lifestyle and that it has a lot of health benefits and doesn't make you feel guilty when you have a wine. Even the little details like the website... And choosing the images and color palettes that match the tone of what experience we want people to have. It's just so much more involved and feels so fun. I hope that this feeling lasts forever because it's very intoxicating. No pun intended. Also, I have a problem with labeling anything as like taking the guilt out of things like guilt, guilt, guilt. Oh, there's something so nasty. Oh, it's Um, so nasty. It's like the idea of saying that you want a guilt free experience implies that you should feel guilty about having a glass of wine at the end of the day, which if you're doing it responsibly, of course you shouldn't. It could be wine that you found at the at the bottom of a puddle. Who cares? (laughs) It could be wine that you got for five dollars. You know, it could be anything. Be Chateau Diana. Chateau (laughs) Diana. I know. The last thing we need is for people with like traditionally beautiful bodies telling us not to feel guilty about the things we put in our bodies. Like, shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. And now you're think, telling me, like, should I feel guilty about what I'm over? It's like, oh, this is, this is a trap. Okay, anyway, you and Julianne. Keep going. I'm Julianne Huff. The very foundation of my friendship with Nina is built upon experiencing and sharing life together, always with a glass of wine in hand. We both lead very active and physical lifestyles with a holistic approach, so we wanted to make a product that not only complemented our lives, but was also still of premium quality and impeccable taste. If we learned anything from the experience of living through the year 2020, don't you dare, don't you dare, it was that connection (laughs) and celebrating the small things in life are so incredibly important to the emotional, mental, and physical well-being of humankind. To be fair, she's not wrong about learning to drink during 2020. (laughs) Because we were all forced to stay apart, finding alternative ways to connect was an imperative. It was incredible to see people finding other ways to bond, including many virtual wine nights. As we look toward brighter days where we can all be together safely in person, P.S. They've already done many promo shoots where they are in person drinking wine together safely in person. Fresh fine wine will be a great way to toast each other with a high quality, delicious product. You really just have to understand that this is like the the least barrier to entry in terms of creating a celebrity thing that is Mm -hmm. like, that is like something you can make money off of and sell like this you really really understand by reading this how easy how fucking goddamn easy it is to create an alcohol brand if you're they're not like jean de florette here like moving to france like learning to grow grapes they're not stomping the grapes you know they're not even like lucy i love lucy stomping the grapes they're not anywhere near these grapes you know like it's they won't put their feet on grapes no okay next now my now nina And it's really great because it feels like we're growing together and this felt like a great natural step to the next sophisticated chapter in our lives. Some of the best times are the individual times. I really love when it's just like Nina and I hanging out on the couch, talking and reminiscing over life and experiences. Or in the backyard. (laughs) See, my brain went to a different place, Jules. My brain went to where we were in Cabo on that girl's trip that got progressively more and more unhinged after every class. And that's why I was saying we both have very different experiences that bring it together to balance it out. And then we have to do this at the same time. Okay, ready? We're We're the the biggest biggest animal lovers. lovers. We We can't can't walk walk down down the street street without without stopping stopping to pet pet every every single dog dog along the way. way. This is tough. So So it's incredibly incredibly important important for us. To align with, with companies, the companies that share our point, point of, view. of view. We, we also, also want to do our part to be good to citizens and help protect, protect the environment through the use of no animal, animal ingredients or processes. We read that together because they were quoted that as a pair. Dobrev and Huff told Veg News. They they know what they're doing. They're selling their friendship in this way where they know their friendship gets a ton of press. And like they're, they're, you know, they're saying, oh, so how do we capitalize on the fact that people love us, love our friendship, you know? 
Yeah, I'm like, oh, you don't really expect me to swallow this tripe, do you? Like, I just I mean, don't. The tripe buy is the wine. Yeah, it. you don't want me to swallow. You don't expect me to swallow this. There's something about Cameron Diaz's wine journey that makes a little more sense. She's like, I'm retired from acting. I'm trying to do a new thing in my life. Like, we yes. don't hear from her a lot. So you're right. Like the Cameron Diaz thing. It's like. I think it's she, bullshit, but I'm not annoyed by it. But the wine is more the bullshit. I understand why she wants to get involved in some product. Because honestly, the last thing Cameron Diaz did besides acting was come out with that health book. So it's like, mm-hmm. clearly this is somebody who's like always educating herself. She's always reading stuff about whatever. And so she's mm-hmm. like, okay, I want to do a wine brand because I want a wine that I feel good about drinking. This feels yeah. very cynical where it's like, I want to survey the marketplace, see that Cameron Diaz has a wine that's quote unquote healthy and clean and mm-hmm. start our own wine, which is more fun than hers, but still healthy and clean. Healthy and clean. I which just also reject. Not real words. Someone's right. going to call in and say, actually wine can be quote unquote healthier, but it's like, it's still alcohol. And that's the hurdle that I just won't get over. Like, mm-hmm. don't try to market alcohol as wellness. I just refuse to accept that. Like, maybe mm-hmm. that's stubborn of me, but I do. It is very weird to mix alcohol and wellness on yeah. many levels. It is very, yeah. very weird to mix those like, two. As someone who drinks, and I have to, I feel like I have to say that. Like, I don't pretend to think that it's, well, it's good for me when I drink. <laughs> if you want to drink alcohol, you drink alcohol responsibly, but don't. Yeah. But Moderation, I don't, want, it, I don't yeah. want to mix my the things I do to keep myself healthy with any sort of way that I drink alcohol, even though like I'm doing it responsibly because healthy yeah. and alcohol are not really like in the. Yeah, like you get what but I'm I, saying. I feel like I'm explaining yeah. it wrong. But you and at it. the same time, I don't want to frame any sort of food as something I should feel guilty for. I think guilty is like guilt is like bad, bad, bad language yeah. to use when you're talking about your body yeah. or food or whatever. This is all goes back to skinny margarita. Bethany yeah. Frankel fucking toxic. skinny ass margarita. Yeah, toxic. So the caller rightly pointed out that not only are celebrities doing wine brands, a lot of like pairs of celebrities. And we've talked about Ian Somerhalder and Paul Wesley, the Vampire Diaries bros who started a, whisk- a bourbon brand. But like, we? yeah, we mentioned it in passing because it was so funny. Okay. But like, what do you say about it? But this is the sort of thing that like, as a collective, it's more interesting than like one-offs because like, oh, it's two bros. Like, what am I going to say about Ian Somerhalder well, they were and Paul on the Wesley. cover of Cigar and Spirits and they tweeted, <laughs> yes, we did it. And I was like, you did it. <laughs> you <laughs> you did sure it. did it. It was a good, I laughed at that tweet. We're getting a lot of duos, I think, because I think there's always going to be the thing where it's like the celebrity plus the business person. And these are not all celebrity plus, plus business people. It's sometimes it's just two actors. But mm-hmm. the the kind of OG version of this is the Randy Gerber, George Clooney, yeah. where it's like Randy Gerber was the businessman and George Clooney is the celebrity. And like, you know, one handles kind of one aspect of it and one kind of handles the more branding celebrity aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And in some of them, it's like two co-stars who were known for things together, like Ian and Paul. Uh, I think with Drea DiMatteo and Chris Kushner, Drea's the like more famous one. So you have here. Here's the list that I have. I, ranking them is tough, but it's I don't fun think we're ranking to, these. We're not. It's ranking fun these. to look at all of them. You got yeah. Randy Gerber and George Clooney doing Casamigos Tequila. Okay, we knew about them. They're one of the OGs. Then you have, as we said, Ian Somerhalder and Paul Wesley doing Bourbon. Kind of standard, kind of typical. They're just two actors known for a thing. You got Nina Dobrev and Julianne Huff but doing see, fresh here, wine. Wait, wines. Sorry, not to interrupt, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of these, some of these are white label, and some of these are actual like they're. Ma- because like Miraval, like they own a they own a most of these are white label. Gangster Goddess, the Drea Mateo one, the Ashton Kutcher Mia Lacunas, like limited edition quarantine wine thing for mm-hmm. charity. That's obviously a white label. Mm-hmm. Um Aveline is definitely a white label. Yeah. The other Sammy Hagar's been making vodka for a long time and tequila. So I feel like his might be actually his own place, but maybe this Guy Fieri one is a white label version of that. Santofino Blanco tequila, Sammy Hagar and Guy Fieri. I didn't even know that was happening. Yeah. Well, Sammy Hagar's been making Cabo Wabo. My dad used to drink it. Tequila for a long time. <laughs> and then there's Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul, Breaking Bad stars, who did Dos Hombres Mezcal. That's which definitely white label. I think it still counts. Like, the to, to the general public, the, the, the difference doesn't really matter. It's no, like, you're right. Oh, it's, it's their, true. It's it's their true. drink. And then you have Hanson Brothers Mhops, which uh, I think counts as a group because it is the Hanson Brothers. It's not just one There person. are three of them, though. Not two. Oh, that's true. Randy and George is like the OG of this of this model. 
Like truly, like they, I think people, celebrities saw their success and that's how this kind of all started Why falling out. Ryan Reynolds yeah. saw it. You know, they all saw it. Aviator Gin was from that. Like they all saw that they could make these liquor brands and then get bought by like Nabisco. Not Nabisco, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Like a Nabisco. Yeah. A, a European, brand. a European. Like whisker conglomerate. Give yeah. you a billion dollars. Exactly. 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 Do exactly. I think that Nina Dobrev and Julianne Huff's wine brand will be bought for a billion dollars? No. I will never Although they're already owned by wine. someone else. Sorry, no, like if I'm going to drink wine, it's not going to be that wine. Like it's going to be good wine. What happened to the rest of DNC dance? Dance. Where did they go? It is, it is funny to be concerned for like the novelty band members mm-hmm. that like were in the band that Joe Jonas started before he went back to his brothers. You know, yeah. like Joe Jonas like did them a favor, gave right. them one hit and was like, well, OK, bye. <laughs> they did him a favor by like being in his fake ass band, you know, like essentially the propping him up to let him keep doing music. Like without having to go by Joe Jonas. Um, yeah, that's true. While he that got to hide behind, he got to hide behind the wall of DNCE, the curtain of DNCE. Dance. Right. What I do love is it's essentially like the people are doing the same stuff. Like the guy, mm-hmm. like it's like Jack Lawless, Cole Whittle, and Jinju Lee. Jack Lawless is still playing in Jonas Brothers bands. Like his last Instagram was he was playing in Nick Jonas's band when he was on SNL, which was only a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. So he's doing that. Cole Whittle, who's on Cameo, he's from the band like Pretty Reckless. So I'm pretty he's sure he's Cameo. just still doing. Right. Isn't he from Pretty Reckless? I'm pretty sure. Whatever. He's cost $30 on Cameo. Semi-precious weapons. He was in the band semi Precious weapons. Remember okay. them? And then Jinju Lee, who is like the chick on the guitar. She was amazing in that band, if I recall quick correctly. Like she's the like true standout. She's right. the talent. She has a clothing line called Code Rad by Jinju. All of them are doing what they would have done without Joe Jonas. I think maybe just slightly more elevated. Like they were all the sorts of musicians who can like be t- brought into the fold somewhere else. Like she was has been in touring bands before. Right. They're all touring band musicians. That was the yeah. that was the thing that combined them. Like he made a band out of just like who else whoever was like around the band that he was in already touring. And I think it's funny. I think this came up because there was like some video of him like, you know, when you get when Spotify gives you like a plaque for streaming, it comes with like a plate and then like artists will like eat out of the plate. Do you see this? Mm-hmm. What do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The plate's like attached to the plaque and then like people eat out of the plate. I think Cake by the Ocean hit like a billion streams mm-hmm. or whatever. So he was celebrating Jesus. that by himself, you know, with his plate plaque. This is an interesting question because it's sort of like they did each other some favors, they got a hit out of it, and then they went back to doing what they normally do because they were just good musicians. Like, DNC doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Don't forget, like, Nick Jonas's band was Nick Jonas and the Administration. You know, it might as well have been Joe Jonas and DNCE. But mm-hmm. actually calling themselves just DNCE, like, no Joe Jonas attached was the smartest idea that they had yeah and you were right that did him more of a favor than it did for them definitely although it although it worked both ways because they got more out of it than they would have otherwise yeah but in my mind like there's no bad blood here they had their cake by the ocean they ate it too and then they moved on Mm. who weekly is brought to you by squarespace as usual we love squarespace we love squarespace it's the only way we will ever have a website Is Squarespace. You're right. Because it's easy. Because I can update it very fast when things go crazy with tour announcing, which we might have to do relatively soon. Might? Uh, Might? uh, You said, we just came and saw you. I said, well, this is a this is a 365 podcast. We're planning ahead. Everyone's everyone's doing live shows these days. So all the venues are getting booked up. So we have to book our tour, which is far away pretty soon. But we already know we already know the dates. We're ready to update the website on Squarespace. And we also already know how to put them on the website, which is like half the battle because it's Squarespace. Exactly. And we've done this for a long time and it's very, very easy. We love Squarespace because it's very easy to update things. We love Squarespace because we have a contact form, which is the way most people get in touch with us. Even though we have a very easy to remember email address, which is what's read up to at gmail.com, people would prefer to just use the contact form on Squarespace because Squarespace is easy. And on our website, it's easy to find our press clippings. It's easy to find embeds of the podcast. It's easy to find anything you need to know about our podcast. So go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your website, go to squarespace.com slash who to save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. 
I was in Florida this past weekend, and guess what was the talk of the town? Your mom's aura frame? The aura frame. The aura frame kept, it was scrolling through every photo. I was like, oh, oh, there's that. Oh, there's that. Oh, I'm like, where'd they get that photo? There's always a photo where I'm like, where'd they get that photo? How'd they get that photo? I don't know where my mom gets the gifts that she sends me. Like when she <laughs> sends me a text gift, I'm like, where did you find that? And sometimes I look at her aura frame and I'm like, where did you download this? No, I'm like, where did you get this photo from? Whose Instagram did you steal this photo off of? You know? They love to steal from, and they love to just screenshot and not yeah. crops. But it'll just oh. be like a cropped iPhone photo that's Instagram. on the aura frame. Exactly. With it. comments and everything. It'll just be on, <laughs> it'll be zoomed in sometimes. So it's extra blurry. But you know what? That's how easy it is to get the photos on the aura frame because my parents can figure out how to do it. Do they do yes. it well? No. But do they do it? Yes. And the other thing that's great about aura frames, when you give them to your mom, your mother, a mother in your life, a mother mm -hmm. figure, it's a great Mother's Day gift, whoever the mother in your life is. You can connect it to your oh, yeah. Aura app and, and you, you can, can just photos. send them photos. You right. can, if they approve it, you can just put photos and kind of troll them and have fun and put random photos. I do it to Lindsay sometimes. Yeah, he does. Um, you can do it to your mom. My mom gave me access because she likes putting you gotta be careful. photos. You got to gotta be a little careful with that, but you, you, should, you could do it, but you should do it. You got to be a little bit careful. But you Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected and they come with unlimited storage because it's all in the cloud. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to mom's frame. Not only will she be grateful, it's not another sweater. She'll love that an Aura frame means she gets to see more of you. So right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code WHO at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Who Weekly. So I just got done watching The Bachelor after the final rose, and I need to know who is Emmanuel Acho. He took over hosting for Chris Harrison for this special. The Chiron, when he was introduced, said nothing under his name. Somehow he has almost a million Instagram followers. Who is this guy? How did he get this job? Also, Rachel Kirkconnell in explaining her journey after her racist path said that she has been listening to podcasts on her journey for growth. So what podcast is she listening to? Crunch, crunch. Bachelor is so tough to keep up with sometimes. I mean, all the time. It's it's just one thing to an, another. And like, I feel like we always try, again, I'll always say this, we always try and choose the things that like come out of The Bachelor, not within the world of The Bachelor. But whenever they have like a new star, all this drama with Chris Harrison, like not being the host anymore, I think that's relevant for us to like talk about. I love that yeah. they're like replacing him. He is like old hat, you know, like that dude is... Get him out of here. He's old hat, and he's all, and he also proved it was very last straw in the way that he responded to the Rachel Kirkconnell stuff because he excused her. He like refused to show any growth. Like he hasn't grown and he hasn't learned. And I think he he was given every opportunity to do those things. And because he chose not to, they were like, you know what? We've had enough of this. And Emmanuel Acho has not fully replaced him yet, but it sort of seems like that's going to happen. And he's taken the first step towards replacing him, which is to host after the Rose. What I love is I feel like it's like, he wasn't a bachelor person before this. Maybe mm -mm. I'm wrong, but he wasn't. A, he was a football player. But he wasn't just some guy who loved. He wasn't a football player who loved the ba bachelor. Like he wasn't like Jerry O'Connell loves loves um Bravo. He loves Housewives. He just happened to love it. So like mm -hmm. he tried to get all these jobs where he was like doing Housewives commentary and Housewives yeah. whatever whatever. Didn't this take. Feels it like, didn't take. Didn't <laughs> take alarm. Didn't take alarm. <laughs> Not we really need a didn't take alarm. Not going to happen. Not going like, to happen. Fucking didn't Taylor Swift's brother, same. not going to happen alarm. Same okay. alarm. But my point is, is like this guy, he played in the NFL. He did brief sports commentary afterwards. He started that show, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. That went viral earlier this year. Well, he wrote the bestseller that has the same name. Right. Okay, you're right. He had the YouTube videos and the book. And then... They needed somebody to have conversations. Like the whole thing with The Bachelor is like after the final rose is like interviewing, deep interviewing. It's not about having a standum. It's like or a fandom of the show. It's like, right. you know, actually asking difficult questions. And they were mm -hmm. like, why don't you do this? Or like you're being you. and Rachel right. Lindsay. Remember how we were like, give her the job. She suggested him for mm -hmm. the for the job. Yeah. So it's just funny that they hired once again, somebody who's just good at this type of work, not just some bachelor lover, you know? Yeah. The the thing about The Bachelor is like, even though The Bachelor should just straight up go away, right? Because it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's the, true. The, 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 that's true. The Bachelor was created in a different media landscape. We have to get rid of these like cancerous objects, right? And if that's not going to happen, 
then the best thing to do is to replace the, the figurehead of this show with someone who's willing to have difficult conversations. And that's literally his job is to have difficult conversations. Because if the Bachelor is going to be this superficial light thing with problematic people on it who keep fucking up and they will never stop fucking up and there will never not be Rachel Kirkconnell's on the show, that's part of the show. There will always be these problematic people, men and women, just people who are on the show. And if you're going to have all of those problematic contestants, you need to have someone better than Chris Harrison unpacking these people for the audience. Yeah, like that's what's so difficult about this, where the show... In a perfect world, there's no more Bachelor. And we, <laughs> right. But we don't live but, in a perfect world. But we don't live in a perfect world. And this is a show that people still watch and still really like. And so how do you like, honestly, educate people who have watched like 45 seasons of this show mm-hmm. and have it very ingrained in them, like that maybe this is a way to reach people and make them think a little through the premise of the show that they've loved and watched yeah. for so long. And like, there's nothing wrong with trying that. And this guy feels like he has the keys to that. Like he really is able to do it. Like I was watching some clips, like again, I don't watch, but I was watching clips of him asking questions of Matt James, the last bachelor and kind of about the whole situation. And he's just like, he he knows how to ask a fucking question. This guy, he's good. There was a part where he's interviewing Rachel in this clip that I'm going to play. And they're talking about like, he explains the antebellum South. He like explains the origin of the word antebellum. And like, do you know why you did something wrong? And she's being honestly very candid and she's, doing a good job. Rachel's doing a very good job. So is Emmanuel, but she's doing a good job. And after this like really tense as his is his thing, uncomfortable conversations with the black man, he like pivots back to the show and it's like, okay, we're done with this. Let's move back to the show. And it's so graceful. He makes it uncomfortable. Then he makes it comfortable. And I feel like to be able to do both of those things is a skill. Mm-hmm. Now you knew Matt, a black man, was going to be The Bachelor. You also knew these photos existed. Mm -hmm. How often did you lay awake at night worried that eventually these photos might come out and could ruin your life? Like, being completely honest, I didn't think about it one time because at that point, you know, it was just me taking some photos with my friends. And I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think of the trauma that it would cause. We just learned of you and Matt's breakup. Um, Talk me through that conversation. Wait, so he, not to pivot away, this is me doing his job. So he's single, but he dated Yvonne Orji from Insecure for a little while. He dated Yvonne Orji for a long time. Uh They broke up. They broke up. There are plenty of red carpet photos of the two of them together. He's currently single, though, yeah. These pictures are, like, amazing of them together. <laughs> I know. What else is there about it? I mean, he's he's a football player. Yeah. No, he was a football player. He was a football player. Yeah. I love that there are other routes for football, for ex-football players that's not, like, sports commentary and, like, yeah. selling soft drinks, you know? I love, 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 love when someone stops playing football. I love to see it. <laughs> Me, I love when people. Quit I love football. to see it. Imagine someone leaving football and having not only a good brain, but like a brain that can host TV and be smart <laughs> <laughs> and like write a book. Right? Like, <laughs> you know? oh my god, the brain is still able to function like after the football. Like we love to hear it. His brain is not only functioning; it's functioning better than most people on television, yes. and especially better. Like Chris Harrison's brain wasn't functioning, and he never got like repeated he concussions never got while hit playing in the football. Head. Right? Exactly. <laughs> like I don't no. mean to talk about this lightly, but like it's worth pointing out. You know? You always do, so don't worry. Do you think his end goal is to be the actual host? That must be it, sure. right? Sure. Why Why wouldn't it be? Of course. That has to be it. Why would they should, that should be ABC's end goal. You know, I mean, Chris Harrison, again, may I remind you, he's still a producer on the show. Chris yeah. Harrison has, has ingratiated himself into the show in a yeah. way that is, if he's not the host, he's still very much involved, right? Like, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that he will stay on as, like, almost executive producer at this point. If yeah. he is not the host, he's still there. So it's just, it's crazy to me that people think, like, Chris Harrison, bye-bye. It's like he just won't be the host anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. But he's still very involved with the show. Hey, Lindsay Bobby. Medium time, medium time. Um, Danielle Fischel's husband, Jensen Karp, found shrimp tails in his cinnamon toast crunch. Um... I would say crunch, crunch, but I kind of want to throw up. Leanne Cuisine. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Shrimp Tails. Topanga. Crunch, crunch. 
Topanga is married to the guy who found shrimp tails in his cinnamon toast crunch. The cinnamon shrimp crunch man's wife is Topanga. Crunch crunch. The shrimp cinnamon toast guy is married to Topanga. Cinnamon toast crunch crunch. Topanga's husband ate cinnamon shrimp crunch crunch crunch. So the Cinnamon Toast Crunch Shrimp Guy is married to Topanga from Boy Meets World? The guy who found shrimp in his cereal is married to Danielle Fischel, the girl who played Topanga on Boy Meets World. That's crazy. Crunch, crunch. The Cinnamon Toast Shrimp Guy is married to Topanga. I think that might be the most Who Weekly headline that I've ever seen. Crunch, crunch. I'm sure I'm not the first person to call about this, but Cinnamon Toast Shrimp Man on Twitter is married to Danielle Fischel. Please discuss. What? Can I say about Cinnamon Toast Shrimp Man, Jensen Carp, husband of Topanga? Oh my God, it is so fucking stupid. Stupid. This is like, we wouldn't have touched this if we hadn't already covered this guy and the fact that he's married to Topanga being kind of the bonus aspect of this, giving him that hooey sheen, because this is the most freaking. Mean viral shit, internet <gasps> shit. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So what happened? I guess you know what happened if you're listening to this. This guy Jensen Carp, who's comedian slash podcast hope slash writer in LA, just like a true LA jack of all trades white dude, is on Twitter. He has over a hundred thousand followers, so things that he tweets get attention. He tweeted that he opened up a cinnamon toast crunch bag and found two shrimp tails in it and the shrimp tails were coated in cinnamon and sugar as if they like went through the process right so he's like this is weird cinnamon toast crunch social team sees it and they're like oh no let's take a better look at it and then they say you know what after examining it closely those are just like accumulations of sugar sorry that's not a shrimp and he's like no it's actually shrimp cue this huge battle with him and general mills who is saying they didn't do anything wrong and he's saying no you did do something wrong they want to take the shrimp back from him and do tests he's going to send them out for independent tests all of this is getting covered everywhere like literally the new york times had to write about this because it's so viral it's the most viral thing that's happened on twitter in terms of like absurd viral shit since maybe I mean, this is bigger than Bean Dad. This is bigger than Bean Dad. Every day there's like a new bullshit, but this guy is dragging this out in such an annoying way where I've never rooted for a corporate entity more. I'm like <laughs> out here going to buy like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Like I'm just like, I'm like supporting the, he is so annoying, this guy, that I'm like, how do I support Cinnamon Toast Crunch? I'm like team, team Cinnamon Toast Crunch forever. Even though they clearly fucked up, something happened in their plant, one of their plants where Fish tails got into the cinnamon toast crunch, and it looks like maybe some rat feces got onto the cinnamon toast crunch. He posted another photo that it looked like the bag was tied up with duct tape, and it's like, despite all of these things that General Mills clearly did wrong, this guy is pissing me off. <laughs> cinnamon toast crunch released an actual statement that said, "Also, their username kills me. It's CTC Squares. Like it's not even Cinnamon <laughs> Toast Crunch on Twitter. They're CTC it looks like Squares. Fake. It looks like a fake, like a like a parody account for Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It looks like a Canadian broadcasting television game show called like Squares, the the number one hit Canadian game show, Squares. Right." But they say, while we are still investigating this matter, we can say with confidence that this did not occur at our facility. We are waiting for the consumer to send us the package to investigate further. Any consumers who notice their cereal box or bag has been tampered with, such as the clear tape that was found in this case, should contact us at 1-800-328-1144. I mean, I just, when he really lost me is when he was DMing with the social media person who Mm -hmm. does not deserve this type of ire. He doesn't have any control over this shit. And then he's posting them, he's posting the DMs. It's like this guy either. I mean, I believe this is totally fake, but it's like he is setting up. He's been waiting for this his whole life. This guy, Jensen Carp, who I think we talked about him when they got married. And he's like, 
I don't know, like a vague comedian. He like wrote a book. He like used to be, he did like rap. He was like a rapper or whatever. We talked about him because he and Danielle started the Cameo podcast. Right. And like the thing about the Cameo podcast is not, is that it's not super interesting. Like it's sort of notable that they did this thing, but like there wasn't much to say about it. So we didn't say much about it. Like he has a podcast about Cameo called Talk Ain't Cheap. He hosts it with Danielle Fischel. His wife, who was Topanga. There are some funny little moments of synchronicity, which a tweeter tweeted this. A man named Carp, married to a woman named Fischl, found shrimp tails in a box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. The cereal was purchased from a Costco on Topanga Canyon Boulevard while his wife played Topanga in Boy Meets World. Meanwhile, Carp used to be a guest on the Pistol Shrimp podcast. Yes, and he says, I can't believe this is all factually correct. I was like, how did you know that he actually bought it on Topanga Canyon Boulevard? Also, that Costco is not on Topanga Canyon Boulevard. It's around the corner. Oh, uh, Just wow. FYI. Oh, wow. I had to check this all out. There's like a million Costcos at the Valley. It's just funny that what ended up trending was Topanga. Because people were like, he's married to Topanga? Out of all millennials? He, out of all Gen X people, he's married to Topanga? What do you think? If he had not been married to Topanga, would this have been as big of a thing as it is? I think no. Mm. The steering wheel was wobbly. You know, when this was happening. But the moment he was married to Topanga, the steering wheel whiffed out of the window. I was like, oh, my God. Right, right. This is truly absurd. Do you believe that this is actually real? No. You don't believe it at all? No, no, no. Not the way that he's playing it. No. If you told me it wasn't real, if you told me this was truly all of it. You still think it could be real? I still think it could be. But I also think that we've been on the internet too long to believe everything as gospel. I think he's either adding things, leaving things out, because we've seen this all before. And I really cannot get over the way that he became sanctimonious. Oh, immediately. About how social media managers are treated when it's like, you literally started this bit knowing that social media managers had nothing to do with what you found, allegedly found in your in your serial. You started the attack on social media managers and then you have the nerve to tell everyone not to treat social media managers poorly. They have no control over any of this. It's like, you wanted to have it both ways. You wanted to clown them and then defend them. And that is the thing that I'm just like, fuck this. It's ultimately so uninteresting and this is the exact reason why we don't really cover like stories like this and guys like this. Because now it's just making me mad. This isn't yeah. fun. <laughs> I mean, he tweeted, I'm the new gorilla girl, aren't I? And it's like, no, her story no, was like relatively was funny, then heartwarming. Right. <laughs> it was yeah. funny. And it was also like, she got really fucking hurt. Like, yeah. she got hurt. And like, you're sitting here going to Costco buying cinema. To- like, I just don't. Okay. we. You're getting to, this is not fun anymore. Hi, Who Weekly. First time, long time. Um, this is like my eighth time trying to record this question. Um, I'm really struggling with it. Basically, what I want to know is... Does Liam Hemsworth know who I am? The facts. Liam Hemsworth and my boyfriend went to high school together. They were in the same classes. It was a small school. They did drama together in the same group. They definitely knew who each other were. Do celebrities Facebook stalk people they went to high school with? Or is there just like way better gossip for them to explore? Has Liam Hemsworth ever Facebook stalked my boyfriend? Does Liam Hemsworth know who I am? Thank you. Me and Grace. This is a, an incredible call, a great call, a peak who weekly call. I'm so glad this caller asked us this question. Can we answer it? We've never gotten a does X know who I am call. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I don't know who you are. You gave us the clues, Mr. Mr. Policeman, and you have all the clues. I think we can answer certain questions. Does Liam Hemsworth Facebook stalk people he used to know, people in his life? I don't think he's on Facebook. I don't even think he has a secret account. Yeah, I don't think he's on Facebook. Maybe he was once on Facebook. Not now. That I feel like Facebook used to be more likely that you that someone would have a secret account on there, but I feel like less now. I thought for a while that this was going to be a gray area, either gray area, not sure, to skewing yes. He's probably seen a photo of you and maybe knows who you are. But now I just think straight up no. That's your answer? You don't think Leanna Hemsworth knows who she is? I think that he doesn't know who you are. Oh, no. What do you think? I'm not sure he has so much more going on. But I think the evidence, there's, a, you know, if, if it was a court of law, I just don't think you can prove it, that he knows that he knows who you are. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When everybody was on Facebook, it did make it a lot easier to kind of have this impulse because you would just like put in a name or whatever. Yeah, the breadcrumbs were so easy to follow. They're harder now. Now that I feel like people are less sitting on Facebook in that way, which is good. 
a good thing for us that that impulse is not as easy. A lot of people have left Facebook, so it's not necessarily a given that they would be there. And the celebs who are on Instagram and have Finstas, first of all, if Liam has a Finsta, he's only looking at the Finsta. And if he has a Finsta and he follows your boyfriend, then yes, the answer is yes. But you would know if he had a Finsta and he followed your boyfriend because your boyfriend would have told you and you would have brought it up in the call. And so because of that, I think that's more proof that like, no, he doesn't know who you are. You know? All right. That's it. All right. We answered Bang the, the gavel. Where's my ga- the gavel banging um, sound? <laughs> okay. Let's do a couple who's or them's. Hey, Lindsay and Bobby. Is Benedict Wong a who? Or then, um, he was in a lot of things, um, you know, The Martian, Doctor Strange. Um, he just was in Rhea and The Last Dragon. And um, I know he's one of those secretly British people, but um, and he was in What We Do in the Shadows TV series. So, who are them? Crunch, crunch. He is British. Mm-hmm. It's true. He's been in a lot of stuff. He's been in a lot of Marvel. A lot of Marvel. I I still uh, kind of would think he's a who. One, two, three. Who? who? The only thing that, because he's such a that guy to me. He's in everything. He's always that guy in everything. And he's always a small role. The, the reason I want to distance myself from this who is because he's in a lot of Marvel movies and I haven't seen any of them. And so like... As a non-Marvel head, I'm going to call him a who, knowing that there's a chance Marvel heads would definitely call him a them because he's, he's in, been in a lot of them. He's been in so many. He's been in like he's four, Wong. three. Yeah. yeah. I think he's, I think he's, without those, he's just like that guy. He's like yeah. peak character actor, that guy. Hello. Um, is John Slattery a who or a them? Uh, I think this is a good one for debate since. Bobby hasn't watched Mad Men and usually when I bring him up people don't know who he is until I say you know the silver fox from Mad Men um and yeah one time I had to pick him up from the airport and I was with him like alone for a good chunk of time and he's so lovely he's like asking me what I wanted to do with my life like talking about his son oh and hockey yeah oh great guy anyway um can't wait to hear your thoughts. I think he's a them, but I'm obsessed with him. Oh, okay. Take care. Bye. Speaking of that, guys, John Slattery. One, two, three. Who? who? Oh my I God. watch Mad Men and I still think he's a who. Okay. I was going to ask you, since you're the Mad Men head, it's still true? People still reference him as being the guy in Sex and the City, the politician who wants yeah. to pee on her. Remember that? Yes. Yes, I'm in the middle of my Sex in the City HD rewatch right now. Oh, you I are, right. The pe- yes. Of oh course. God, so so I just feel like he's he's big in Mad Men. He's great in Mad Men, uh-huh. whatever. That was when Mad Men was on, it was like a big deal for him and people definitely knew who he was. But I do still feel like it's very contained to that show and outside that show. People will say, oh, remember when he was on Sex in the City as a politician? Like, mm-hmm. like that, the fact that that's referenced yeah, means yeah. there's like not that many like things that you would know him from or whatever that mm-hmm. people would reference. You get what I'm saying? And I think Silver Fox is still the go-to thing for him. He's Silver Fox. I think that will, if you said Silver Fox, that would ring more alarm bells than John Slattery. Yeah. Okay, next call. Rupee Core, who or them? Crunch, crunch. This is definitely because of TikTok. Rupee Core has been like a famous poet for a while now, but like this has to be because of her viral TikTok, right? I mean, where yeah. she's reading her own poetry. Did you see the tweets where they were like, of I course. didn't know that was Rupi Kaur. I just thought that was just some fan. <laughs> you must have known you were wrong when your fingers were dipped inside me, searching for honey that would not come for you. She's probably one of the m- most famous like young poets, like modern day yeah. poets that we even have. Like... Are you kidding me? Like her, like people like meme Rupee Car. Like she's like, do you know what I mean? There are there, people understand her poems are well enough known. Her style is well enough known that people meme it, you know, and not just from this video, literally the poems themselves. So Rupee Car, who are them? One, two, three. Them. them? I kind of do. A them poet? Okay, maybe. Like, I don't know. I just feel like I, I do feel like people know who she is. No, I agree. People know who she is. People know who she is. Her name is like shorthand for 
millennial poetry, yes! Gen Z poetry, yes! young poetry. Yes. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. My friends and I just finished watching the very classic movie, The Sweetest Thing, and we're arguing very um, friendly about <laughs> whether or not the female stars in this movie are who's or them. I, I think we all agree that Cameron Diaz is still a them despite her retirement, but I personally think that both Selma Blair and Christina Applegate are thems, but I am being met with uh, an, a, a different opinion. So I, we would like to know what you think on uh, whether or not Christina Applegate and Selma Blair are who's or thems, and I think that's it yes. pretty much. Okay. Tim, keep a lesbian. Love you. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> Love you. Okay. The sweetest thing. What did the movie Who Were Them first? Uh, movie Who Were Them? Yeah. Oh. Because I think I have an Movie one, two, three. Who? It's yeah, a Who movie. Sure. There's a flop movie. It's not, not even a, a movie, movie that comes up as like people are like, my favorite, like, like you know. Guilty pleasure, the sweetest thing. Remember, it was like it's really raunchy. That was it's like, raunchy, and that was the that was the entire narrative around the sweetest thing. I was like, can you believe like be, there's like poopy in the in the Stop. doggy bag or whatever? It's like, <laughs> oh my god, Cameron Diaz says fuck all the Isn't time. Is there like a glory like, hall involved in this movie? Yes, there's like, a glory okay. hall in this movie. Okay, so who's in it? Cameron Diaz, that Christina Applegate, and Selma Blair. Yes. Okay, Christina Applegate. One, two, three. Them. them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's around. We did Selma Blair recently. We did. And we called her a who, which I think people did people not. People were mad about it. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I still think she's a who. I do think she's a who. Also. And I think the main reason, which is one of the reasons we brought up, I always confuse it with Neff Campbell. Well, they're of the same era, but you know, and and I would say they get different attention now. Her like story is part of the conversation in a way that it never was before. Totally. Her battle with MS is definitely getting her a lot of headlines. She's like being a very like big advocate totally. for like MS awareness. I don't know that that makes her a them though. I still, no, I don't think so. I still think she's a who. I still yeah, think she's a who. I think so too. That's a movie I always come really close to rewatching like as an adult. Because I'm like, maybe it's one of those movies that I just never no. gave it credit. No. And the funny thing is it used to, um, the 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 PG version of it used to play on E all the time. But it mm-hmm, cut out mm-hmm. all like the parts. And it, without those parts, it's really a bad movie. Because it's like, <laughs> it, it kind of doesn't, it lost its like edge, which is kind of why it was a thing in the first place. It's not a, it's not a good, I don't think, on any level. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, um, thank you for listening to another episode of Who Weekly. We'll be back on Tuesday with another episode of the main show. Call in at 619-WHO-THEM to leave questions, comments, and concerns. We might play them on a future episode. Support we might on not. Patreon.com slash Who Weekly for twice weekly bonus episodes. And oh, thank you to Katie and Eric of the Who's for supplying the Rita theme song. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Love those reviews. And Love we'll them. see you Read next them week. all. And bye. thank you for making them. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Hey. Hi, Who Weekly. I was watching a video on YouTube where it was like celebrities, and I use that term very loosely, who have famous grandparents. And I didn't know that Albert Einstein had grandsons still alive today. Well, I didn't know he had grandsons at all. But I just can't believe that she had sex. It's crazy. Like Albert Einstein sucks. And whenever I think of that, I think of that picture with him with his tongue out. I'm sorry for giving you that visual, but I had to tell somebody. It's okay. Hi, Who Weekly. I had to pause this week's episode and share a memory that came flooding back to me from 1998, I guess, when I was about 11. My dad, I believe, was trying to date a woman at the time who wanted to go to the Lilith Fair, and he bought tickets for my best friend and I. Again, 11. Lilith Fair wasn't really our scene. We were pretty big into NSYNC at the time. And we went to this Lilith Fair, and I remember... We weren't very intrigued by the lineup, but Maya was there, 
and we went to one of the smaller stages to see Maya, and it was during the press cycle for the Rugrats movie, and her stage design involved her dancing among giant blocks, like baby blocks. And I still remember at like 11, just kind of looking around at the Lilith Fair scene and seeing this woman dancing among blocks. And my friend and I were just like, what is this? Anyway, crunch, crunch, me inside. Hey, Lindsay Bobby. Uh, I just had to pause the pod to tell you that my dad bought the Muzzy French series when my brothers and I were small. We almost exclusively watched it in English. Um, yeah, just thought I should share. Okay, uh, crunch, crunch. Hi, um, long time, long time. Um, so this is kind of a them story, um, but also maybe a who story. So I interviewed to, um, work for Ben Affleck like a long time ago, and he does his own assistant interviews, which I thought was wild and he brought his dog who i think at this point is kind of a who because he's been in so many of the banana photos but so the dog was in the interview and i found like ben affleck really intimidating because he's like really tall and like really big and i was 24 and so i like immediately got on the ground and like started petting the dog because i just kind of didn't know what else to do and i was like oh my god your dog is like so well behaved and he just like Ben Affleck just, like, looked me in the eye and was like, yeah, he's really well-trained. Like, I was so dumb for not knowing that, like, a wealthy person would have, like, a super well-trained dog. Anyway, thank you. Crunch, crunch. Bye.